0: Hello, Vitality Explorers. Alan Mishra here from Vitality Explorer News with another episode of the podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to enhance global vitality one person at a time. And as we always do on the podcast, we're going to start with a quote. And here it is, live long and prosper. And of course, that's from Spock. From the Star Trek sagas, live long and prosper. That's where a little bit we're going to be focusing on today. Our, our goal is, again, to enhance your vitality, but also to take the friction out of staying vital and help you make deposits in your vitality bank account. So last week, we focused a lot on identifying our peak purpose, a little bit of the low-carb versus low-fat Diet battle, and previously we've discussed things like how to best get things done, why muscle matters, and how mouth breathing can actually interfere with your memory. I recommend you check out those previous episodes of the podcast. Uh, this year we are going to be working on an arc, and we're going to try to figure out how to build towards um, you helping you and all of us helping ourselves. Uh, live our best lives. So this week, we're going to cover three new topics, and that one of them is the scientific five factors connected to living longer and prospering, thus the Spock quote, five ways to cultivate closeness, and why dogs enhance vitality and longevity. All right, one other thing we're going to add in here is just a little bit longer quote before we jump in here, and this one's from Steve Jobs. If you are working on something exciting that you really care about, you do not have to be pushed. The vision pulls you. If you are working on something exciting that that you really care about, you do not have to be pushed. The vision pulls you. Think about that as you go through your week, and let's dive into these five factors that are connected to living longer and prospering. If you're enjoying what you're listening to, please leave us a five-star rating on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find a lot more information about this on vitalityexplorers.substack.com, and sign up for the text message version of this at vitalityexplorers.com. Okay, so... Um, what what is the what are the what are the keys what are the secrets to living long and prospering? Well, it turns out that there's some really powerful evidence and there are five specific factors that have been identified that are associated with increased longevity. Okay, here they are. And they're not going to be surprising, by the way. I think that the the interesting part is they're not surprising, but the data is really strong. So here they are. 1 never smoking, number 2 Body mass index between 18.5 and 24.9. Three, 30 plus minutes per day of moderate to vigorous physical activity. Number four, moderate alcohol intake defined as one to two drinks per day or less. And number five is a high diet quality score. And that's in the upper 40%. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a uh, little later in the podcast here. But the United States is one of the wealthiest countries in the in the world. Its citizens, however, actually have a shorter lifespan uh, than many other high income nations. And this paper that we're going to explore looked at, wait for it, 120,000 people over 30 years. 120,000 people over 30 years, and here's the conclusion, one of the conclusions from the paper. I'm going to go over several of the conclusions from the paper, but here's one of them. Adopting a healthy lifestyle could substantially reduce premature mortality and prolong life expectancy in the United States. Okay, that's one of the quotes. Here's a few others. Um, quote, the U.S. healthcare system has primarily focused on drug discoveries and disease treatment rather than prevention. That's one. Here's Two. Quote, chronic diseases such as cardiovascular disease, cancer, and cancer are amongst the most common and costly of all health problems, but are largely preventable. I need to say that one more time. This is again from the paper. Chronic diseases such as cardiovascular disease and cancer are the most common and costly of all health problems, but are largely preventable. Number three quote, it has been widely acknowledged that unhealthy lifestyles are major risk factors for various chronic diseases and premature death. So these kind of all go together. But I think the idea here, the concept, the theory, and and, and what we're going to be discussing here is the U.S. healthcare system really does primarily focus on uh, treatment, not prevention. Okay, now this study looked at Um, five specific lifestyle choices on purpose. Okay, the reason they chose them is these are modifiable lifestyle factors. Again, this is according to the paper. And then they they were the five ones that we talked about at the beginning there. But each of the five parameters was given a score of either one or zero. I like this because it's kind of black and white, binary. And a score of one was uh, given for the parameter if the subject had a low risk in that category um and those specific definitions again of a low risk are quote never smoking body mass index between 18.5 and 24.9 30 minutes of physical activity moderate alcohol intake and a in a high quality uh, diet score um and if you didn't have the low risk um uh, excuse me you're going to be given a, a score um of zero. So anything on the other side of that would be considered high risk. So they divided it in low risk and high risk. So it's a, you know, uh, one of this, of the parameters of the study, but I think it's interesting to kind of break it down into those, those things. So what they found is though, quote, in conclusion, we estimate the adherence to a low risk lifestyle score, um, prolonged life expectancy at age 50 by 14 years, uh, for females and 12.2 years for males. Um, US Adults compared to other individuals without any lo- low lifestyle risk factors that 's how they broke it down. quote Our findings suggest the gap in life expectancy between u s and other developed company, or country companies countries could be narrowed by improving lifestyle factors. So they are these interesting sort of um, graphs of whether your score was zero, one, two, three, four, or five, and literally how long you are going to live. Um, so the gain the amount of gain in your lifestyle or gain in life expectancy could be up to fourteen years for women and up to 12 point two years for men, just based on these modifiable, uh, lifestyle choices. All right, now here's a, here's the Vitality Explorer analysis and recommendation. I think this is an elite paper. And again, you can look on the Vitality Explorer Substack site for all the details and the abstract and the links to it all on the charts. Um, but this was 120,000 participants over the course of 30 years. So um, and I think we need to take responsibility for some some part of it. And this paper suggests that we can. So um, here's, a, here's a couple suggestions. We can choose whether we smoke or not. And if you're smoking, stop. Our weight is at least somewhat under our control. Maybe not perfectly, but at least some per- per- percentage of our of how much we weigh is related to our choices. How much we exercise and how much we, we drink are certainly under our control. And finally, h- what we eat is a personal decision. Um, now, clearly not all of us have the luxury of being able to go to... I don't know, wherever you want to find your finest organic foods that are healthy for you and fresh or beautiful gym facilities. That's a that's a barrier, right? But there are two parameters, I think, that are completely under our control. And that is whether we smoke and how much we choose to drink. So full stop on that one. If you are smoking or you're drinking too much, that is not something that somebody... Uh, It doesn't cost anything. It's a zero. I think this is a zero cost way to get at least a two out of five on this scoring system. Five's the best. So you can get a two out of five by simply um, improving your. uh, Excuse me. It's by simply not smoking or drinking moderately or not drinking at all. So I think the major point of the article. Excuse me is that our longevity is at least partially under our control. And this is consistent with the Vitality Explorer concept of vitality being a skill. So we can learn not to smoke, we can learn to eat and drink better, and we can learn to exercise more and to at least some extent control our weight. A second, I think, crucial component of this paper is that how much in the United States we focus on fancy new drugs and procedures to combat disease. Sorry, I needed a little sip of coffee there. got a little frog in my throat. The data from the paper is, is, is amazingly strong evidence suggesting that we should shift our, our, our emphasis toward helping people make better lifestyle choices if we really are focusing on longevity. So I hope this paper is uh, something that you would uh, dive into. You can look at, again, all the details on the Vitality Explorer Substack site. I hope all of us can make better choices, live long, and prosper. Now, what wasn't included in that paper is another component of your vitality that we've been talking a lot about on Vitality Explorers, and that is cultivating closeness. And this is, you know, an emphasis that I'm going to put on Vitality Explorers this year because the the evidence about closeness is off the chart. Closeness counts to your longevity and your vitality. So being connected to another person or a series of people or groups of people is a fundamental component of our vitality. And I think honestly, we too often forget that. Okay. Um, It's part of what I call the vitality octagon. These are the eight core components of your vitality, including time, sleep, fitness, purpose, service, closeness, discipline, and hope. But has anybody ever taught you how to cultivate closeness? Well, you can, again, read this on the Vitality Explorer Substack site. If you're listening to it, um, my goal over the next few minutes is to give you five specific ways to enhance your closeness with others. And here they are. Number one, increase your awareness of its value. Number two, be curious about other people's lives. Number three, forgive to rebuild relationships. Number four, practice scary sharing. Number five, my favorite, laugh and have fun. So the first one, increase your awareness of... The value of closeness. And here are three specific reasons why closeness counts and why it's valuable. So, one of the longest running studies of all time is a Harvard study about how community helps us live longer and be happier. It was staggeringly powerful evidence to suggest that our relationships are vital, vital to our living longer and living prosperously. Okay, I'm not talking financially, but I'm talking about, you know, uh, deep deep relationships matter. And this, this research that started at Harvard has been confirmed by other, other researchers. And they looked at psychosocial factors that are uh, predictive of longevity. All right. This one is crazy interesting, right? Because it's very consistent with that Harvard study. Social integration and close relationships were more important than the things we were talking about just a minute ago. That includes smoking, alcohol, physical activity, and body uh, composition. So, if you want to add in the sixth way to live long and prosper, it would be to cultivate closeness. Okay. Because the data even suggests the opposite of being close, that is lonely, being lonely or disconnected is associated with higher levels of something called CRP, which is um, C-reactive protein, and this is a marker of inflammation in your body. And one of the measures, one of the most powerful measure, measurements of aging is how much inflammation we have in our body. So if you want to decrease your inflammation, increase your longevity, connect with other people. Okay. So I hope I've convinced you that closeness counts scientifically. Here's the second way you can enhance your closeness with others. And that is simply just to be curious about their lives. Here are three specific ways you can be more curious. Number one, listen when someone is speaking to you and look in their eyes. How many times you? How many times does that happen to you per day when you're talking to somebody and they're looking at their phone? Um, you know, I don't even speak to somebody if they're looking at their phone or their computer anymore. I will pause and just be quiet until they stop doing it. Uh, and then, if you listen to somebody, if you look into their eyes when they're actually um, speaking to you you are a unicorn, because that is so rare these days. So that's that's sort of the subset of how to be curious and closeness. The second is to practice being open-minded, non-judgmental, and kind. Open-minded, non-judgmental, and kind. I wish I could say that I'm always that way. I'm, I'm, I try to work towards that, but I think it's very important to consider that and be more curious. And the final is just to show empathy and understanding. We're all going through a lot these days, Um, and just the more we can show empathy and understanding, that's going to bring us a little closer. The third one is a challenging one, how to build closeness, and that is to forgive to rebuild relationships. And here's a few specific sub-suggestions under that recommendation is to realize that all of us need forgiveness. And the second sort of part of that is to practice compromising and showing respect and also being reliable. So if we're if we're in need of forgiveness ourselves, maybe we need somebody to to give us a little grace, um, and that's going to involve that word that I don't like very much, but that is compromise. So maybe you don't get everything you need to get. Maybe you can you know um, build trust through honesty and transparency, and come to some conclusion that isn't um, you know, on one one end of the polar. Uh, part of the discussion or not, um, and just reach out to other people. The f- this is connected to the fourth way, and that is to the fourth way to cultivate closeness, and that is to practice scary sharing. Um, this is a this is something that doesn't exist that often in a lot of different places, but that is the concept of being vulnerable and sharing something with somebody else that you're worried about and admitting that you don't have it all figured out. And then here's the hard full component of that, of practicing scary sharing, because most often when we do that, we do not believe that that other person can help you, that you're sharing that with. And so I've been practicing this for a couple of years now, when I will share something with a close friend or family member. um, And I don't think I expected them to be able to help me. But as, as I become more Consistent about doing that, I've really um, learned that there are a lot of people out there that want to help me if I if I'm vulnerable and, and and try to share with them what's going on in my life. And then the final one, my favorite, laugh and have fun. So we forget that. Hey, just we didn't have to learn this when we were kids, right? You know, you wanted to go out and play at recess. You wanted to have friends and, and cultivate those friendships. And so my suggestion is we move in adulthood, middle age and, and beyond is to find people that share your passions and schedule time for something that you really enjoy and do it with a friend or a family member or a coworker. Um, and then just realize you're not going to regret having more laughter or fun in your life because remember, our social fitness, our social vitality matters. It's a huge component to our overall sense of well-being, and I don't think we should wait till tomorrow. Even if it's just five minutes a day, begin to work on your social vitality. And here's one almost cost free suggestion and i 've talked about this before, but i 'm tripled tripled tripling down on this one this year, and that is to just text three people you haven 't talked to in the last month and just say hello don 't ask them for anything don 't ask for a favor just tell them're you 're thinking about them you 're hoping they 're doing okay um, and then text texting them will definitely enhance their vitality because they, they find that somebody 's interested or caring about them. And then your vitality will hopefully rise if they reciprocate and text you back. So please post your comments about this below or on the Vitality Explorer Substack site, Um, but the the five ways to cultivate closeness and then also the discussion uh, about how to, uh, five factors that help us live long and prosper. Um, I'm gonna close with one, Uh, you know, other component that I think can help us live long and prosper. And that is our animals. All right. And I have put up this post about my dog Tess. You can see her beautiful smiling face. If you go to the Vitality Explorer Substack site, um, she's 12 years old actually 12 and a half now, almost turned 13 in June. She's still very vital. Okay. When we, when we picked her up at the breeder, um, we were told she needed an, quote, active family, and that was quite an understatement in her first few years around the house. Um, she was constantly running around doing zoomies at hypersonic speed. She was also incredibly smart. She figured out how to push the lever on the refrigerator to get cold water right from the tap. Um, she finally calmed down in the last few years, but she's clearly a foundation of our family's vitality. She greets us with a you know wildly wagging tail, An infectious smile and just being around her really elevates our mood. Okay. Now, as we always try to do on Vitality Explorers, here's the science behind why that helps. So scientific data supports being connected to dogs in the context of recovery from a variety of conditions, especially heart conditions. So a study of over 320,000 adults between 40 and 85 found that dog ownership was associated with a lower risk of death after a heart attack or stroke. That's crazy, right? You have a dog around the house, and that's going to help you decrease your risk of dying if you have a heart attack or a stroke. So it was independent of socioeconomic and medical variables. So dogs provide companionship, a sense of purpose. They can improve our our overall quality of life. Lots of data on suggesting that they improve our physical well-being because we take them up for a walk or a run or we're just playing with them. This is also true for for people who have special needs, such as providing assistive services, like you know, dogs for the blind or emotional support animals. Um, It's just amazing that you know we are we are blessed to have dogs. They're they're what I call dogs are verified vitality enhancers. Um, It's also connected to your longevity, which is the the you know live long and prosper is our theme for this week's Vitality Explorer podcast, and so. And in a study of about 11,000 people, they found that um, dog ownership decreased the risk of disability uh, and having a connection with a dog helped increase a person's exercise habit, as we talked about. Um, And here's the three specific things that the study concluded. Quote, dog ownership appears to protect against disability, number two. Daily dog care may have an important role to play in promotion of, of, uh, of health and successful aging. And third, dog ownership may be uh, particularly important in single op- occupancy houses where ownership provides uh, companionship and motivation for physical activity. So again, dogs are amazing. I think they improve our human condition. This could also be said for a variety of different animals. Um, and and I, I think they help us, the animals and our companion animals, help us navigate what I call the choppy waters of life. And we're, we're blessed to have them around there. I know that when I give my dog a little belly rub and she gives me a little, you know, Playful growl or something, or we're playing together. Really, really enhances my overall sense of well-being. But the the scientific data is backs that up. So um, suggestions, specific suggestions is if you are, especially if you're living alone, consider adopting an animal or a dog, or go go visit a friend with one. Take a walk with a friend who has a dog. They're likely to improve your vitality. Just by wagging their tail. Um, all right, so check out the Vitality Explorer Substack site so you can see the details of these studies like, uh, that are called dog ownership and survival after a major cardiovascular event. and. The other one is evidence that dog ownership protects against disability, all right? So this week, we have been focusing on how to live long and prosper. We've gone over things like the five factors associated with living longer and prospering. Just to review those quickly, don't smoke. Keep your body mass index between 18.5 and 24.9. Exercise 30 minutes, moderately or vigorously. um, Keep your alcohol intake to moderate. I have a high diet score. You can look at the details for that on the Substack site. And then the cultivating closeness, again, just to review. Number one, increase your awareness of the value, its value. Number two, be curious about other people's lives. Number three, forgive to rebuild relationship. Number four, practice scary sharing. And number five, my favorite, just laugh and have some fun. Uh, And maybe get a dog, right? Okay, so I hope you've enjoyed this week's Vitality Explorer News Podcast. Um, our goal, as always, is to enhance your vitality one person at a time. So if even one person out there is, has found this valuable, I will have done my job for the week. Again, we also try to help you uh, stay vital by taking the friction out of it. You're listening to a lot of the work that I've done uh, this week, to uh, reading papers and trying to distill them down to a podcast, a text message, and the Vitality Explorer News Substack site. Please consider becoming a, a subscriber there to support this work. And until next time, get out there and dare to be vital. Thank you for listening.